Welcome to Walker Retail Ranger. My name is Walker, a.k.a. The Retail Ranger. It is my job to keep you free from food safety danger. The other is to make sure that stuff gets on the shelf. It's harder than it looks. I can't do it by myself. Now it's time for... Walker Retail Ranger. All right, happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody out there in Retail Ranger Podcast land. It is Sunday, May 28th, 2023, episode 76. How are you, Liz? Wonderful. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> hey, uh, we got some holidays today. Obviously, it's Memorial Day weekend, and that's to uh, remember the folks that sacrificed all for our country. And, uh, and are still sacrificing. And are still sacrificing this day. I know one thing that makes me super proud to live where we live in our county here. There is a massive flag that they put up in the middle of the county. I know. You see it from awesome. miles away. Just it, That crane. It kind of gets you. Yes. It's beautiful. Um, it is also National Brisket Day. We haven't, we haven't done a brisket in a while, have we? No. You don't like brisket. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Well, I know somebody who is, and he listens to the podcast quite a bit. His name is Keith. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, he, he, he actually has a shirt that says, uh, Smoke Brisket Not Meth, uh. or something like that. Uh, I might have got that wrong, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, it's also National Hamburger Day, kind of appropriate. Okay. So I don't think we're going to do a What's Cooking Liz segment this week. You said you're going to take a bye week. And uh, everybody's pretty much cooking the traditional cookout lore. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're not going to bedazzle them. But so much, everybody's got their things. Although your beans are pretty, pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. Who was that lady that used to make those beans for you? And she, man, they were amazing. They were amazing. And they were cheap beans. But she Clarice. Just, Clarice, she doctored them up. I don't know what she did. She wouldn't tell me. But they were like the cheap beans. And like, I used to be the bean girl. I know. And I'm not going to lie. Hers were better. They were better. They were. I mean, let's give props to where they're where it's due oh, but. and they were firm but i don't know she cooked them know perfect she did them. well she's been cooking them a long time let's yes. just say that so that's pretty cool so we got a, a couple more earnings came out this past week just kind of a more verification of the tougher second half that all retailers are going to face i do want to kind of talk about before we get into that um we're still struggling in the retail industry with staffing and i know i talk about it every week and I guess it's because it's still a problem. I'm hoping that as I hate to see retail shrink down in size because obviously that's what we do, but I'd really like to see the pool get a little bit deeper as far as our talent out there. Um, I, I know in my specific situation, I will say the last couple of weeks have been super challenging hiring new folks. And you think like, what we've learned over the last couple of years, as far as interviewing goes, we've had to get kind of back to the nitty gritty, really interviewing hard. Right. Because you interview hard, you don't have to worry about as much stuff down the road. And I, I swear, it just seems like there is a, a, a class of folks out there that do not want to work at all. And so much talent wasted. It is. I mean, and I guess it's a ripple effect because obviously... When you bring somebody in, especially in, in grocery retail specifically, we, it's not like we have extra positions just floating around where you got people waiting. 
you know, in the in the winds or wings, waiting in the wings. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say winds. I was a little gassy this morning. Um, Stop. I did because we're in the podcast room. All right. Then. I'm clear up here. Um, just thinking about the number of people that come in like for an interview and you, you get excited as being one of those workers. You're like, all right, cool. I'm finally going to get some help. And then that person starts and, and you, you provide the training. And then within the first week or two, you realize it's not going to work. That you just wasted all those time and resources. Well, at least they tried. Well, I know. And it's good because obviously there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. But with our business the way it is, I mean, we just had a phenomenal weekend in sales, obviously, with Memorial Day week weekend here. And yeah, you know, that puts a lot of strain on the people that work in the building. Right. Um, and then when you think you're getting help... And it shows up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I got this. It's great again. And then a couple of days later, you're like, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm back to square one. I, I, I got to get all this stuff done. I got to sacrifice some stuff to, you know, I got to make a decision what's more important here. It's a struggle out there. I mean, I've had some pretty candid conversations with customers. I mean, I had a customer flat out ask me last week, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, what you talking about? And he's like, I, I expect him to talk about out of stocks and stuff like that. But obviously, our out of stock position has improved. But he could just tell that, that we were struggling. Yeah. And and I explained to him, I, I spent an entire shift working in frozen foods one day. Me. In the meat department one day. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, when you're spending that much time and energy in one area because it's that bad, the rest of the place isn't crisp either. <laughs> right. You know, and it's not a good feeling. I mean, my goodness, the first thing I, I want to provide, when I leave the store every day, I want it to look perfect. Right, right. You know, that's the goal. And man, it's getting... I haven't had one of those days in a long time. And, and I know what's out there. I've talked to other friends and other retailers and, you know, whether it's grocery or general merchandise retail, it's holy crap. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I mean, to have a department manager position open for weeks, for months is insane because folks that are already in this business don't want to rock the boat and leave because they know it's the same crap everywhere else. Right. 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 I mean, I've I guess, learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's just frustrating. I guess I'm using this opportunity to vent a little bit. Uh, bear with us. We want to do a good job. Absolutely. We want to. Uh, we just got to have the tools and resources needed to succeed. I think that's one of the old things we used and, to say. And, you know, working in retail is really good to have on your resume, too, because retail's tough. And if you can handle it in a retail position, yeah. when you go to, you know, start your career and they see that they know you're working hard well i i agree and i disagree i think um owners and company people would know that but i don't think the general public realizes how difficult it is because i've had several people come in totally nothing to do with retail grocery and they think it's a breeze because they, I, I guess they just think it's easy peasy, especially deli. Everybody thinks oh my it's God, ice yeah. and cupcakes and making cookies. That's not how it is. <laughs> yeah. But, but even working in the meat department nowadays, right. it's not like it used to be, uh, or even working frozen foods. I mean, people think it's easy just to put stuff on the shelf. It's a horrible job to have to go into a freezer and stock yeah. up a cart and then bring it out to the floor and then open freezers and keep putting it. My hands, my fingers physically hurt. Yeah. Because of the cold. And then, but you got somebody that's doing a career change. You know, let's say they were a funeral director or something like that. And they want to come over and work in frozen food. They think it's easy peasy. They work one day and they're like, holy crap, I can't do this. And then they just leave. Yeah. I mean, that's real world. So, I mean, I know with both 
uh, girls, Megan and Ashley, they had retail experience. And as they were going into their other careers, their folks know the value of retail experience. But right. I don't think the average Jane and John Doe out there that aren't retail. Well, it's just like being a waitress or a waiter. Yeah, you don't know how hard those people work. It's hard. I did that, you know, for a good part of my life as a second job. Yeah. And it is extremely hard. So I know when we go out to eat, you know, which is not that often, but, right. um, you know, if, if we get good service, they're getting an awesome tip. Yeah, we take care of those. And conversely, I mean, I'll be transparent here. If I were to go become a funeral director tomorrow, it would probably be a challenge for me, too. Cause oh, yeah. I think it's easy. You know, you, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as like, you can be late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, but you know, I, I'm not going to be naive enough to think that I'm going to walk into any other. If I did a career change tomorrow, that is going to be easy peasy. No, but that's because I've grown up in the retail life, and I know what sense of urgency is. I know what productivity, how important that is. I know how punctuality, how important it is. And not that those aren't important in other jobs. But especially in retail, holy crap, that's 100% of it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't provide that, don't even bother applying. I mean, seriously. It's it, it's just so disappointing because people can interview great and then absolutely have zero idea of what it takes to run, to put groceries on the shelves. Like I said in the beginning of my little thing, I can't do it by myself, my little mantra. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I mean, that one section of frozen food looked great. But the rest of the store is like, oof. You know? <laughs> All right, anyways, so let's talk about Dollar Tree, shall we? Uh, Dollar Tree faces pressured margins due to inflation. Uh, this week, Dollar or last week, Dollar Tree reported its consolidated net sales rose 6.1% in the first quarter. Hmm. So their sales are up, so that's good. Uh, the operating income was up $419 million. Operating margin was 57 um, but their gross profit fell 4.7% and its gross margin declined uh, 340 basis points, which sounds pretty major, but it's like 3.4%. Okay. But people like to say basis points because it sounds intelligent, right? <laughs> uh, but they're, they're taking a margin hit too. And think about it. Um, Dollar Tree has really started getting into the food side too. True. And they weren't really there in that space before. So I'm sure that's where they're feeling their increased margin pressure. Uh, the CEO said, in addition to the historic levels of inflation and labor market challenges. Yeah, it's everywhere. Retailers mm-hmm. have seen in just the past quarter elevated levels of shrink and even further pressure on the consumer's willingness to spend on discretionary goods. That's part of the impact there. Shrink and the mix shift from discretionary goods have pressured margins throughout retail. We are no exception. So even the cheap folks are struggling with that stuff. <laughs> uh, Best Buy. Their stock jumped up after their earnings topped estimates. Uh, They posted better than expected adjusted profit, even as consumer demand for big ticket purchases softened. Uh, Same store sales declined 10%, but that was in line with analysts' expectations, so they didn't freak out. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Sales declined across most of the company segments, including computing, appliances, and home theater. Revenue in gaming and services increased in the quarter. So they're not buying big ticket stuff. Uh, They also reiterated their guidance for fiscal 2024. Uh, They continue to expect revenue to range between 43 billion and 45 billion, and for same store sales to decline between three and six percent. Our sales performance in the first quarter aligned 
with our expectations, and we are maintaining the full-year guidance we provided this past March, said CFO uh, Matt Balunas. As a reminder, our guidance assumed the consumer electronics industry would continue to feel the pressure of the broader macro environment and a high, high degree of uncertainty as it relates to the consumer. In this environment, customers are clearly feeling cautious and making trade-off decisions as they continue to deal with high inflation and low consumer confidence due to a number of factors. So people are scared. They're saving their money and not, not buying the big stuff, big ticket stuff. Smart. Uh, we talked about Home Depot last week. Yeah. Their earnings had come through. Well, we got lows too. Uh, their comp sales decreased 4.3%. Again, driven by lumber deflation, unfavorable weather, and lower do-it-yourself discretionary sales. So same stuff as Home Depot. Uh, but he does want to thank all of their frontline associates for their continued hard work and dedication. Well, nice. That was cool. That's the first CEO that actually said that. In yeah. There, so that was cool. <laughs> uh, Costco, their sales increased, but they missed their forecast. Uh, they posted a sales increase of 2% year over year, uh, but these gains still missed, uh, missed the analyst's expectations um, on their latest earnings call. Uh, consumer spending on bulk items slowing in the face of elevated inflation and an uncertain job market are a couple of reasons cited for the miss. Do you sense a theme here? <laughs> well, when I was in there the other day, they were bumping. They were. Tell you. Yes, it was busy. Well, I think one of their, I think part of it is their online sales have dropped a bit too. I think people are really wanting to make sure they're getting what they get when they, you know, like you, it used to be you would go on to bestbuy.com. And you'd research TVs. Mm -hmm. But then you'd physically go to the store. That way you can touch it and see it and all that stuff. I think people are more wanting to do that, especially with groceries. So instead of buying online, you know, they want to actually see it. Well, plus a lot of times they'll have an in-store reduction. Oh, yeah. Specials. Uh, I think they said, (laughs) yeah, their online sales dropped 6% just in April alone. Hmm. And there's... I guess overall Costco was a 5.9% decline in e-commerce business year over year. So e-commerce, it's got its benefits, but especially when money gets tight, people don't have as much leeway with it. They want to make sure they get in the bank for their buck. Right. A couple of weeks ago, we also talked about Dollar General in their uh, workplace safety situation. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Dollar General to pay $3.4 million in fines for worker safety violations. Dollar General has been slapped with another no. fine by the U.S. Department of Labor. They will pay $3.4 million in fines after issues were found in nine locations in North Dakota, Maine, Ohio, and Wisconsin, according to a local TV station in Fargo, North Dakota. Most of the violations came in North Dakota, with six stores racking up 32 violations and $2.5 million in fines. Uh, inspections took place in late 2022, and officials found stacks of boxes blocking aisles, emergency exits, fire extinguishers, and electrical panels. Sounds like somebody is going to get written up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, at a store in Minot, North Dakota, M-I-N-O-T, Minot, je ne sais pas, uh, <laughs> six employees were found to be breathing in toxic vapors, which came from ruptured chemical containers. Nice. Three of the workers had to be treated, and OSHA penalized the store for not having adequate personal protection equipment. Uh, Worker safety violations have become a common theme for dollar stores, especially Dollar General, 
which has racked up more than 16 million in penalties this year Why alone. Why do you think that is? They're just, they don't have help, and they got all that merchandise. They're trying to cram the shelves. And I, I still think that a lot of these companies are scared that the supply chain is going to crap the bed again. So I think everybody wants to keep their shelves full mm-hmm. just in case, because it takes a long time to rebuild from that, Yes, it obviously. does. That's true. Um, but I also think there's a, there's a balance there. I mean, if you're throwing so much freight in there that they got to stock the stuff in front of doors and fire extinguishers and panels and all that, that's a problem. Well, I think it's also holding people accountable because I know that's true. in my experience, certain departments would go to push their waste to the trash door, yeah. which is also an emergency, emergency exit. exit. Right. And Every door is an emergency exit, basically. Because they didn't feel like calling a manager with a key to unlock the door. So they just sat it there, yeah. went about their business. You know, and Next then thing I, you know, Captain Osha walks yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. And I walk back there and I'm like, call out the department. Yeah. Come back here, please, and yeah. take your trash. You know, and I tell them, please. Maybe we should start finding interdepartmental. <laughs> you know, please call a manager if you need the door open. But, uh, Yeah. Well, it also says safety hazards have become so common that OSHA now lists Dollar General as a quote-unquote severe violator, a label the agency uses sparingly. So that is probably not a reputation you want to have for being a safety violator labeled by Dollar General. (laughs) So, you know uh, the customer that has the spreadsheet shopping list in my store? Okay, we're going to call her Susie Spreadsheet. (laughs) To keep her identity anonymous. Okay. Well, she actually on our Twitter account asked, uh, she was curious about, you know, the subscription boxes like for Fresh Home or Home Fresh or something where they send you meal kits and oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was curious about the impact on, on the grocery business. So I started, I was like, that's a pretty cool topic. So I started researching. It's pretty hard to find any specifics about that. But there are some stats that kind of lead me to believe that it's a bigger impact than people realize because... That subscription boxing is is picking up. It's generally like the younger generation. I think between twenty five to forty four year old, though that that generation tends to be more subscription service. But the global subscription box market is expected to grow from twenty six billion last year to thirty one billion this year. Wow, that is huge. Um, and in 2020, it was 18.8 billion. So you imagine the pandemic probably helped increase a lot of that stuff. I wonder what actual areas it increased the most. Well, I'm sure, like cities, I, I would think. I, I, we talk, we talk about like, areas like New York, where there aren't a lot of like major actual physical grocery, grocery stores. stores. Yeah, I could see that being a, a huge part of that. Huge part. Um, Food subscription boxes themselves had a 234% increase in sales between 2014 and 2018. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, And that was several years ago. That was before COVID. So who knows what the actual increase is now. But I was thinking about it. I know our next door neighbors, they get a subscription. They're they're a younger, I think, Gen Z or millennials, right? Yeah, because remember I had to go over there one time. He he texted me that his ring doorbell had picked up the Home Fresh thing and... He had me actually break it down and put it in his fridge for him because some of the stuff was refrigerated. And I started, you know, thinking about this because I think that's crazy. I personally think it's crazy because it's like seven fifty per meal per person on average, right? I think it's crazy. Yeah. But then when you actually think about it, I went to one of their websites. There is zero waste. 
like you're getting the ingredients for that meal, like spices and all that, whatever, right there. So you're not going to have extra stuff sitting in your cupboards. You're not going to have any waste. So it's, I don't know, it's almost a fine line between whether it's worth it or not. How much would it cost for you to go out to eat? It would cost obviously more than $7.50. Yeah, right. but the average person can't afford to go out to eat every night. <laughs> well, I know, but, but with, if you think about it, you're doing one meal a day, I guess, would be the average. I can't imagine folks are eating. Because, I mean, us, we usually eat one meal, right? Right. You know, snack or whatever. But if you were to, I'm, I'll, I'll be curious, like over the next week, if we think about like when you're making dinner, how much that actually costs. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. I mean, because you think about it, it I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the thing to do. But I see why it's being successful because folks, A, time is money. If they're having the stuff directly shipped to their house, um, they're not going out. They're not spending any time in the grocery store um, except for like milk and whatever, the basic stuff. But then there's no waste. Um, but the quality is obviously pretty good. But the one thing I found, too, was that it generally that stuff usually has a 40 to 60 percent margin. That's a heck of a lot more than you're going to get out of a grocery store. Think about it. Not a lot of overhead, not a lot of labor. True. So I don't know. I I think that's a pretty big topic. I I want to delve into a little bit more, and I'm not saying I want to go that way, but I do want to research it because it's got to be a huge, huge chunk out of there, especially the up-and-coming generations as far as shopping goes. I mean, if I'm going to have, you know, an idea in my head what I want to have for meals throughout the week, I do an online order. And go pick it up. Right. Or like Instacart can bring it to your house for you. Right. So, I don't know. I I think if you, I think it's an investment, you know, to go in, buy certain spices that you know you're going to be using. True. Keep that stuff in your pantry. I mean, and you can control how much you cook so there's no waste. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know. For I don't know, me, it's, just, it's too expensive to do something like that. I agree. But, but if it was us two and it was seven fifty, let's say it's eight bucks just to make the math easy. That's sixteen bucks a day, times seven. Crap, I can't do that math. <laughs> well, I mean, if we, if I was still working, you know, sixty hours a week, and you know, I, I could see, you know, it, let's say I had, you know, we had kids and stuff too, and I just didn't have time to shop. Well, that would add eight bucks per. Yeah, head, that's though. true. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> no, I'm talking about. I don't know. It's it's, it's weird. I, yeah. I, I think I think it's a good market. I mean, there's a, a several companies out there that have been around for a while, and it's a growing category. And, and I I just think it's kind of neat. It's it's a it's an evolution in thinking. I mean, it's hard for me to to fathom that it would add value. Yeah, I'm it's, more it's, old school, I guess. Right, but that's a generational difference too. True. Because um, you figure most of the stuff folks buy, especially the younger generations, it's all online. Everything. Yeah. Everything. I mean, that's why the best buys of the world are going down. You know, they don't need to see or experience that audio. That I mean, I remember I used to walk into Circuit City, and they have, <laughs> yeah. like, those home theater rooms, and mm-hmm. you could just be blown away. Yeah. But now it's like, Psst, whatevs. <laughs> that's not important anymore. It's, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just it's changed. But I just thought it was kind of neat because I, I know these guys next door, they get it. I mean, I have, I don't stock to see if they get it every day or not, but you know, there's different rates you can get on. But I guess I'd be curious. I'll have to get his take on it. Maybe that'd be a good, good thing to ask him how he thinks. Well, I think they work a lot too. Well, they, well, they're teachers, and right. I, I know they work out of the county or whatever, so they have quite a commute. So time is money to them. Right. I don't know. It'd be pretty interesting. 
on that note, I got a couple shopping lists there, Liz. All right. Hit and me. since we did not have a what's cooking, Liz, I just happened to get a shopping list that was a recipe. Ah. Uh, this is escarole and beans. Wasn't escarole in good times? Escarole. Oh, oh. All right. Oh, Speaking of generations, right? <laughs> All right. So escarole and beans. It's uh, one tablespoon of olive oil, a clove of garlic, a package of fresh escarole. I haven't had escarole in a long time. Me either. Uh, one half cup veg stock, one can of undrained cannellini beans, salt and pepper. Those are the ingredients. You add oil to the large pan, uh, oil and garlic to the large pan, cook, stirring one minute, add escarole, cook until it's wilted, which is about a minute, add stock and beans, simmer covered for five minutes, add salt and pepper, and then serve with grated Parmesan cheese. Mm. That sounds like a fairly quick recipe. That sounds good. Huh. All right. Then what's, I got the... what's cooking, James? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, all right. Now, this one was written on a kitchen check. You know, like servers used to oh, write yeah. orders? That's funny. It says oranges, limes, milk, apple juice, orange juice, and Dom's cigs. I'm guessing Dom's the boss, and they need to get uh, the boss Oh, that was actually cigs. from a restaurant. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's literally a kitchen check. There's a, a check number on here. <laughs> it says uh, date, table, guest, server, uh, appetizer, soup, salad. It's, like a, it's okay. a legit... So I think That's Dom hilarious. sent somebody in to get some stuff. Yeah. Don't forget to get my cigarettes, eh? <laughs> All right, here's another one. Man, smokers are coming back. This one's got cigs, biscuits, sausage, frozen potatoes, spray dye, inserts, lighters, soap thing, charcoal. All right, something's happening here. <laughs> I think it's a murder. Uh, fly swatter. Oh, yeah. It's a kinky murder. A cup, a tomato, another cup. <laughs> Two cups of tomatoes and some kind of spray. All right. Whew. That was a scary one. Maybe they should hook up with Dom. Split the price of cigs. All right. What else you got there, Liz? You got any other thoughts on it or what we talked about today? I think I'm good. All right. I think I'm good, too. We're going to go home and or go downstairs and not eat. We had another big breakfast today. Yeah. Uh, we did watch uh, Hot Rod. Which I highly recommend that movie to folks. Uh, came out in 2007. You don't realize how funny that movie was until you've watched it 18 times. <laughs> oh, God. It was funny. Oh, and, and real quick, uh, that blurb at the beginning of the podcast today was a song called Words of Wisdom 2 by Third Base. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, my high school year, or actually back in the late 80s, uh, Third Base was a, a pretty big band. They were a, a kind of a rap group and a... I don't know. I still listen to their stuff. They only had a couple albums back then, but that was one of the, the songs, and I always loved the beginning of that. Oh, I thought it was appropriate it. Yeah. for today's podcast. Awesome. So, All right, everybody. Thank you for your continued support. Stay safe out there and have a happy happy Memorial Day weekend. Just have a good, safe Memorial Day yes. weekend. How about that? All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves. We appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves. Stay safe out there. Do what you can to avoid any danger. Have fun, work hard, and be a retail ranger. You've been listening to Walker Retail Ranger.